Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. This is Pastor Matt, your host for today with Pastor Adam. I am here as well. We're yeah. here, ready to podcast it up again. <laughs> we're going to continue on our series, You Can Think Like Jesus Thinks. And we're about halfway through this now. Yeah, no, about halfway. No, yeah, well, well not quite. Yeah, not quite. Not quite. We're getting close. We're getting close to yeah. being there, but not quite there yet. And what you say this is episode what? 114. 114. Yes. All right. Yeah, man. Gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> Every time we do this and it gets more and more episodes, I'm like, oh, my Lord. Right? I just, it's just a lot. Right? Yes, a it lot. Is. It's, you know, over two years worth of podcast now. Um, which is crazy because it was on our actually it was on our list for like four years before we actually did this to do something like we knew we needed to do I, I, the, the original thought was let's do a blog I was like I need to do a blog and then I waited so long that blogs became unpopular and podcasts <laughs> became popular and then when COVID hit it was the perfect time we were like well let's launch the let's launch the podcast yeah, in the COVID time because this is the perfect time to do it so. Um, it's been rolling for a long time. Been rolling basically since a few months into COVID, really. Um, yeah. But it's pretty crazy. Yeah, so we're in uh, a series that we're about not quite halfway through called You Can Think Like Jesus Thinks. Matt and I have been talking about um, the battle that we fight in our minds now mm-hmm. for months. Yes. Because uh, we preached a whole series on it. Uh, each individually preached a series at both our, both of our campuses um, for Union Church. Those of you not listening, Union Church is a... Uh, a church in um, in Danville, Virginia, and Yanceyville, North Carolina, right on the state line. And so we've got two different campuses. Um, I'm the senior pastor, in case you guys were wondering. Matt is our campus pastor at our Caswell campus. Just hit a year mark yeah, of that's being crazy. the campus pastor there. <laughs> uh, pretty crazy. Time yes. goes by real fast. Yes, it does very fast. Um, but we taught uh, in tandem a series called The Battle of the Mind, leading out of Easter, where we were going through this idea of the mind of Jesus and the fact that you, as Christ followers, you and I can have the mind of Christ, and then all these battles that we fight in our minds. And so we had some other stuff that we wanted to talk through, so we included all that in this podcast series. And so we'll be doing this for another, I don't know, five, six, seven episodes of you can think like Jesus thinks. So we're trying to process through, well, how did Jesus think? Mm-hmm. And if you and I have the mind of Christ, then we can actually think like Jesus thinks. And Jesus is the one who gives us the picture of perfect mental health, um, perfect spiritual health, right? He gives us that picture. And so we get, as we as we receive the mind of Christ, right, is his righteousness and his essence is imputed to us. There's you some, some theological terms. <laughs> Um, we receive the mind of Jesus. And so we can actually think like Jesus thinks. So as we get started today, we're going to give you um, another characteristic of a person who thinks like Jesus thinks. There's 10 of those characteristics that we're walking through. I think today is the fifth one of those characteristics. Um, So halfway on the characteristics. So we are about halfway, right? (laughs) Um, But but we're going to give you another characteristic of how um, a person who thinks like Jesus thinks would actually be and, and, and what they would profess, how they would live. And... And as we're studying this, I want to remind you that this is not just something where you go, okay, let me learn how Jesus thought, and then let me implement how Jesus thought. That's definitely a part of our growth in Christ. That's definitely a part. Yeah. There's a big there's a big part of we we get in the Word, we let the Spirit lead us, 
we pay attention to Jesus's words, thoughts, actions, all those things, attitudes, and we embody those intentionally. Um, but that's not the whole thing. And I don't ever get us. I, I, I tend to get stuck in that's the whole thing. Right. Yeah. This checklist of things I have to do um, or I should do. And me intellectualizing it, getting my brain around it. And so I understand this is how Jesus did things. And so therefore, I do them the same way. There's more to it than this. Mm -hmm. What we're saying in the series is that you have, if you're a Christ follower, you have the mind of Christ. That's good. And so the Holy Spirit is actually the one that is helping you become like this, not just you doing it. Um, And so you actually have the ability in you already because the mind of Christ is your mind. And you, you can actually do this, not just by learning it. Right. Yes. So the Holy Spirit is already. This is that big part of um, sanctification that we don't talk about enough. Right. Yeah, that's true. We don't talk about the part of sanctification that is not driven by your individual discipleship uh, steps that you take. Yeah. But also in in the in the background and happening all the time the Holy Spirit molding you to make you more like Jesus and 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 allowing you to walk further and further and, and closer and closer in actually having that mind of Christ that you do indeed have. And so, yes. so we don't want to over-intellectualize it. So don't listen to this and going, okay, I need to do these things. Well, yes, of course, but it's bigger than that. Yep. It's happening in you naturally is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say, right? It is happening in you naturally through the work of the Holy Spirit as we speak. So um, what we're doing is talking through these characteristics, right? So if you are a person who thinks like Jesus thinks, then how do you think? How do you live? And um, and we've gone through several. We'll recap a few of them just to make this point in a few minutes. But gotcha. today we're going to look at <clears throat> if you're a person who thinks like Jesus thinks, um, what is it, What are those statements that define you? What's that way that you live? And the one for today is, Matt, what is it? Is I don't have to worry about pleasing everyone. Yep. I don't have to worry about pleasing everybody. <laughs> that's a the minute me and you were about to talk about this <laughs> one, you were like, well, this one's going to be tough. Yeah. Why do you think it's tough for you? Why do you say that for you? Because you look for approval of people. And then especially sometimes your approval can come from somebody that you probably really don't need approval from. Yeah. And then you still want that approval because you feel like you need it. But Really, their approval doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> or it's a toxic approval. Or, exactly. Yeah, and the, then this comes a lot with us, and you may want to share, you may not. This comes a lot with um, parent situations, mother yeah. and father situations, right? Where we we want their approval so bad, um, and and even as we get, even as we become adults, and really at the end of the day their approval is not something we really need yeah. um, and or it's toxic, right? Yeah. But but there's this part of us that with our parents is always like a little child. Yeah. You know, I talk to people all the time when they when they lose a parent, when a parent passes away and they're grown, it's hard for them to put into words how they feel. And it's because when something happens with your parent, I don't care whether you're a 50-year-old man, you're still a child yeah. when you're dealing with your parent-related stuff. Like, you you know, your your mama passes away, and you're a 50-year-old grown man, and you ain't lived at home with mama in 35 years, right? But you still feel like a little kid because yeah. it's, it's your mama, yeah, right? It's, it's your true. daddy, you know? Yeah. And so there's a, there's a level of wanting approval from somebody who may be toxic, may not be the best person, may not be a Christ follower. Like, yeah. you know, your parents are not a Christ follower, then I don't know why we're so worried about getting their approval, but we are. Yeah, you know that's I mean? true. You, yeah, you ever feel true. those things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's tough. I think actually um, a lot of people struggle with the sin that underlies this vein of thinking, right? So when we talk about Christ's mind, there is no sin involved, right? He, he's perfection. And so... 
this sinful thinking doesn't come in that then causes him to want to please people. Like people pleasing is a real sin. Yeah. Right? It's a legit sin. It's not just some bad part of your personality. It's yeah. not just some weakness. People pleasing is a sin because if we are trying to please people, then that means people, whoever they are, at least for that moment that we're trying to please them, are really the ones sitting on the throne of our lives, right? That yeah. they're idols then if we if we are seeking their approval in any moment more than we're seeking God's approval. Yeah, you know? that's true. And so even when you're like, you know, I just don't want to cause a stir, I don't want to cause a ruckus, um, I want these people to like me, and you you sort of do things and act certain ways so that those people like you. It it's sin it's sinful. Yeah, that's like very I, true. I don't know another way to put it. Yeah, I know that, that like it's hard to hear sometimes because because you think that you're doing the right thing by making people want to like you. But you know what's funny is is sin always masquerades itself as doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean almost always. Yeah, that's very right? true. That's a good point. That's good. <laughs> always. I mean it it masquerades itself. You know, I mean like. Like the enemy comes as as a, a disguised as an agent of light, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and so it's like, no, no, you 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 need to care about what these people think about you, and that's a that's a righteous thing to do, right? Yeah. That's a that's a good thing to do, you know. Um, and and even even the enemy will go far enough to tell you this lie of, well, Jesus would have, you know, wanted to serve these people and cared about these people and cared what they think. And actually that's not true. Like Jesus would have served them and loved them, but he did not really care yeah. what they think. So yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah, you know did. what I'm saying? So like people pleasing is a real sin and it cannot be like, I, I don't know if you read through scripture, it cannot be that God wants you to be worried about what other people think. Yes. It can't be because everything in scripture goes to the opposite of that. I mean, if God really cared, if God really wanted you to care what other people would think, the prophets would not have existed. Yeah, that's true. Because they had to, they had to, like the, theirs is like other than Jesus, theirs is like the hardest job in Scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a hard job. Like they they basically, you know, God would if you understand the prophets, like God would come to the prophets and say, "You're speaking for me to the people," and here's what to say. But it won't have nothing good. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine him to do that? <laughs> it won't ever like show up and go, hey, pat them on the back and tell them they're doing perfect, right? It was never that. It was, hey, watch out for this or quit doing this or yeah. this is coming, right? Or you think, you think that it's going to be okay. Like with Isaiah, you think, or Jeremiah, you think that it's going to be okay, but uh, really, here's what's on the horizon, you yeah. know? Um, God's going to do this. You need to watch out for this, right? And it was a hard job. And there's no part of of the prophets' lives that were people pleasing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, none. Like it was obey what I tell you to, and they were like, "All right, well, this is gonna suck for me." <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there, there's there's hardly anybody in true. scripture more hated or or people are annoyed with than the prophets. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just just the case. So it cannot be. That God wants you to be worried about what other people think all the time, and I think we got to get past that, um, especially in in an American culture that is drastically becoming more and more post-Christian. Like, like we did a podcast series. How long? How long do you think it was that we did the whole the decline of church in America stuff? Like, the, I think that was like what part was that last year? A few like months at ago? the end, end of last year? Yeah, or? a few yeah. months ago. Yeah, yeah, end of end of twenty twenty two. Yeah. Where we were talking through this, you know, what is happening currently is is there is a 
steep decline in Christianity in America. Um, and we have, we have absolutely entered into, we are full into a post-Christian nation where, you know, post-Christian means that people know of Christ. They have been exposed to these things that it used to be a more of a Christian based culture where values and thumbs were based on those things. And they know it now and they don't care. Like mm. they, they, they're, they've moved on. Like it's not for us. It's not like it's pre-Christian or, you know what I mean? Like it, it we moved from it. And so that's where we're at right now. Yeah, it's hard and too. in this culture right now where everything is driven around um, acceptance and tolerance. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be those things. I'm just saying that, that, that tolerance does not equal um, people pleasing. Yeah. You know, like it's very true. And you can stand up for what you believe and not be worried about pleasing people without being disrespectful to people. Yeah. And Christians good. tend to go one of the opposite. Like they go one extreme or the other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like it's this no idea inside this this idea of we got to be all grace or we got to be all truth. We got to be all grace, we got to be all truth. And in reality, the mindset of Jesus was full of grace and full of truth, like equal parts grace and truth, grace and truth. And so we have the mindset of Jesus, which means me can be full of grace and full of truth at yes, the same time, right? Very true. But for all of us, we tend to err on one side or the other. So, you know, it depends on your background, how you were raised. It depends on um, uh your personality to a certain extent, um, your own sinfulness. Yeah, what you're motivated yeah, by. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I tend to land on the side of more grace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have friends and other people and that tend to land. You probably land on the side of more grace, too, just yeah. knowing you. There are other people that tend to land on the side of more truth, right? And so it's supposed to be both. Yes. Right? And telling somebody the truth can be done respectfully and still full of grace because Jesus does it completely. Very like true. he does both of them. Pay attention to it constantly. He is going 100% grace, 100% truth. And so telling somebody the truth does not mean that you are disrespectful and not being graceful, right? Because Jesus told them the truth yeah. and still loved them and cared for them. You know what I mean? Like Very true. It, 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 very, I mean, that's just that's just the truth of the gospel, and so people pleasing cannot be that far right or far left extreme, right? Like it can't go either or the other. It can't be like, well, I don't care what nobody thinks, and I'm going to tell them the truth and and be hateful about it, right? <laughs> can't be that. But it also can't be the other extreme yeah, that I think true. our culture has moved into of let's as Christians let's tolerate, let's not say anything because we don't want to offend anybody. And that ends up basically causing us to people please, which means we are not pleasing God if that is the case. Yeah, right? that's very true. You, you can't, you cannot look at Scripture and tell me that God wants you to be worried about pleasing people. There's, it doesn't, it does not hold water. No, there, there's no way to say that. And so, if you are thinking like Christ, then you are not pleasing everyone, guaranteed. Yeah, right. Very true. Guaranteed. Because if you look at Jesus and how he functions, the thoughts and the attitudes behind his actions, he is not pleasing everyone. So that means that if I am thinking like Jesus, then I'm automatically out of the gate not going to please everyone. So trying to please everyone causes a really big issue. And there's so many people that struggle with this. I I struggle with people pleasing constantly. Um, it is it is dangerous, and I and I think about it all the time. Yeah, like I'm constantly. It does stress you out. Yeah, it gets me too. Because what you do is you you want people to like you. Yeah, 
And you, you know, hate when people are mad at you. It drives you crazy. You're like, absolutely. Oh, what can I do to fix this? And I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you something <laughs> right now. I could be wrong about a few, but every pastor I know is worried about pleasing people. Yeah. Every pastor I know wants to be liked. Yeah. They don't want people to hate them, Mm-mm. despise them, be mad at them all the time. Like they want people to like them. And, and we do that to a sinful extent. We do. I mean, we really do. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. You know, the pastorate is full of people who love and care for others, love and care. They want to obey God. At the end of the day, they really want to obey God because that's why they would take the calling anyway. Nobody nobody steps into this calling from the Lord unless you want to obey him because yeah, that's, that's the true. most ridiculous, <laughs> tough thing there is, I think. Yeah. Um, but, but we get so caught up in people liking us as an indication that we are following God's call in our life. You know, like we're a good, we're a good pastor mm-hmm. if people like us. Yeah. That's our indication, right? That's our test. You're a good mama or a good woman in culture if people like you. If people are constantly calling you the B word, then you're not a good woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're, Still. you know, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, if you're, if you're the, if you're the woman who's tough and stands up for yourself, right? And all those things, then people aren't going to like you. You know, and so we're constantly worried about how do we tone ourselves down so that people like us. I don't think that's the I don't think that's the answer. I think we might tone ourselves down so that we are more in line with God's will and what He wants in our life and Christ like character. Yes. That's why we would tone ourselves down, not so that people like us. But the pastorate is full of people who, you know, it's funny, if you look at the if you look at the demographics of people who become pastors, the vast majority of pastors are introverts. Which is weird, yeah. It is right? because, because you have to be extrovert to get. <laughs> you're literally. I mean, a key part of your job is preaching every week in front of a crowd of people. Yeah, um, and spending time with people. Right? It's it community driven, and yet the majority of pastors are introverts. The majority of pastors have relatively low self esteem, which is weird too, because you're the one who's like in front of people and yeah, that's, le- that's leading crazy. the charge, right? And and the majority of pastors want to do God's will, but at the same time. They are people pleasers. And so I don't think it's just pastors. I think that everybody, for the most part, tends to really struggle with this idea of people pleasing. Mm-hmm. And if you are thinking like if we are thinking like Jesus, you are guaranteed not to be pleasing everybody. Yeah. Because that's that's who Jesus was. Um, Jesus was not manipulated by crowds or the approval or disapproval of anyone else. You know, and he could have been. Like yeah, in either so. direction, you had crowds of people that really wanted him to do it a certain way. Yeah. And they were mad at him for the way he was doing it. And then you had crowds of people who loved him for what he was doing and wanted him to do it in their way, too. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like like the, the 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 people that were critics of Jesus were really annoyed at how he was doing things mm-hmm. and they wanted him to do it a different way. Like the Pharisees wanted him to be uh, more by the law and more judgmental and all those things. The disciples wanted him to um, expected the Messiah to walk in and all of a sudden dethrone Rome, and then they would be the big dogs again. <laughs> like like uh, the the Jews would be back on top was yes. the idea, right? And we'd be back in charge, and we would be able to put those people under our foot. And Jesus goes, "I'm not doing either one of those two things. Like this is a whole different. My, my kingdom is different than this." And so he was not manipulated by the crowds or by the disapproval or approval of other people. See, people-pleasing comes from both sides. It comes from approval 
and disapproval. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going back to that thing we yeah. said at the beginning, like with parents, what are toxic approval? Yeah. It's not that you're just seeking approval. You're also seeking them not to disapprove of you. Yeah, that's very true. It's like both sides yeah, of the that's coin. Good. That's you know? good. And so I, I can think in my life of times where, lots of times, where I really want somebody to say, not in so many words, but with their thoughts, actions that, that make me feel like, I got your back. I believe in you. I approve you. Mm-hmm. And then I also have lots of times with some of the same people where I want them to not say, I'm disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. It's two different things. Yeah, that's you know good. what I mean? Yeah, that's two different true. things. And so, but, but Jesus clearly, not manipulated by the crowds, and not whether or not people who approve or people disapprove, even the people closest to him. Like, so we tend to seek approval from people who are not close to us, right? Like, what we wear, we really care about what people think about us when yeah. they see us, right? Yeah, that's people true. we don't even know. You know yep. what I mean? Like you ever been? You ever been? Uh, you ever drove a raggedy car in your life, Matt? Yeah, I've had a few. I had a, <laughs> what was that car you were telling me back in the day? I had a, a purple Dodge Neon <laughs> that it was an automatic, but to get up a hill, you had to change the you had to change it from drive to one to two to three, and it would skip all the way up. <laughs> and then I had a Ford Bronco too that was red that leaked gas and oil at the same time. <laughs> you ever pulled up to a stoplight beside somebody you have no idea who they are? And all you can think about is what they're thinking about about you in that car. Yeah, very right. much so. Right. You don't even know them, but yet we're worried about it. Like right now, right now, my truck, my, my pickup truck is like a 2008 um, Chevy Silverado, yeah. right? So not new in any way, shape, or form. Matter of fact, that means it's 15 years old, right? Which is crazy. Um, but, but it's fine. It's a good truck, right? Gets me back and forth. It's a great truck. It's probably the nicest truck I've ever owned, actually. Um, and I've owned it for several years now, bought it used, and all of a sudden recently, it has a ringing sound underneath it that sounds like a bell. I oh. cannot figure it out. I don't know what's happening. I've been under it. I can't pinpoint it. I can't locate it. I don't know what's going on. Everything's driving fine. I just cannot find this noise. Oh, my gosh. And so I'm going to have to take it to somebody, Yeah. right? So I'm going to take it to a friend of mine and him, him figure it out because he knows more than me, but I can't find it. I actually joke with the kids when when it first started happening. Aiden was like, "Daddy, there's a bell underneath the car." I was like, "Yeah, I ran over Santa Claus and Rudolph, and them dudes just <laughs> will not die. They are hanging on underneath that truck, you know, just getting around." But every time I drop the kids off at school, and I, the 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 teacher who's getting the kids out, so one kid gets Madeline gets dropped off at one spot, Aiden gets dropped off at another. All I can think about is what that person is thinking of me because my car sounds like uh, Christmas bells. Yeah. That's all I can think about. And, makes sense. And I don't even know these people. Like the teacher that's getting the kids out, they ain't even my kid's teacher. I don't even, I don't even know their names. <laughs> you know, pulling up at a stoplight or like um, pulling up to get gas or something, all I can think about is the people around me thinking about that car making that noise. Yeah. So that's the, that's the approval of people we don't even know. But then we also seek approval of people that were close to us, real close to us, like those people that are in our family. Mm-hmm. You know, we care what they think too. So the approval thing runs the gamut. And what you see with Jesus is, is it's the people that he doesn't know. He's not worried about their approval either. He's on his mission. He's about his business. He knows who he is. We've talked about that, right? Yes. And But then with the people closest to him, I mean, the people absolutely closest to them, He's the same person. 
He's on mission. He knows who he is. He ain't worried about whether or not Peter thinks that he's doing the right thing. You know, true. he ain't worried about whether Peter gives him approval. You know, he's I not. Know. He's, not crazy. He, he's he's not even worried about whether Mary and Joseph give him approval. Hmm. I mean, we go back to I think it was last week we talked about the Jesus in the temple or something like yeah, that, yeah. right? As a kid, yes. I mean, he's like, they're like, what are you doing, right? We don't approve of what you're doing. His parents are saying this to him as a 12 year old, and he's going. You should have known this is what I'm. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. You should have known where I was going to be, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's true. That's uh, a- it, it, it's not even so. It's not people far away from him, and it's not people close to him. It's none of those. He's not worried about that approval from crowds of people or the people closest to him. I think the way you sum up the way Jesus thinks is he lives for an audience of one. Um, mm-hmm. Share that scripture that we looked at. Um, we have two for this message for this particular podcast. Um, share that one. It was like uh, John chapter five verse thirty. Yes, 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 yes. I says by myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but Him who sent me. I mean, he's pretty bold. Like I'm not trying to approve no, get nobody's approval from nobody else other than my Father. Right. That's it. I'm only worried about pleasing God. Mm-hmm. Um. And and in that sentence, like I want that to be my my sentence. Yeah. I want to live like that because you know what it sounds like. It did not sound like Jesus was very stressed Mm-mm. in that. You know what I mean? Like with that sentence, it was like Man, you think what you think. You guys think what you think. I'm I ain't really worried about your approval. I'm. That would be worried. nice. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it nice. sounds like he sleeps pretty cool. Yeah. Right. So there's so much stress that comes from people pleasing. But there's so much stress that falls away when we are trying to please God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you you feel that from Jesus in that statement. And he says a lot of stuff like this, but we just pick a couple. You feel it. Like there is an intense pressure and stress on us when we are when we are constantly caring what the what our parents think about us, mm-hmm. what our what our spouses think about us, what our children think about us, right? I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned with how they see you. I'm just yes. saying that like there's a lot of stress involved in yeah, that. Yeah, it shouldn't dictate and rule. There's a lot of stress. Everybody remembers life. everybody remembers and there's adults that still do this. I am not one of them, thank God, but there's adults that still do this. Everybody remembers being a teenager and changing clothes 500 times and throwing shirts and pants on the floor over and over and over again to find the outfit that you thought looked the best for a regular old Wednesday at school, right? <laughs> Stressful. <Yeah>. Stressful. <laughs> I might just still do that a few times before <laughs> Sunday morning. <laughs> Stressful, right? Um, I didn't want to lie. I that's to why a long time ago I said I'm wearing jeans and, and T-shirt, the same boots, and the T-shirt's going to be basically a black or blue. It's like it's a dark color T-shirt. I read this thing about Albert Einstein. As a matter of fact, what was cool about it is it wasn't just Einstein. It's tons of high-level, highly intelligent um, leaders, executives. You know, like Einstein wasn't an executive, but he was a brilliant scientist, right? But there's tons of them like this. So Steve Jobs did the same thing. Steve Jobs is the founder of Apple, right? Those high-level, brilliant thinkers. They, Einstein did this too, they wore the exact same clothes every single day. So Einstein had like five of the exact same outfits. Oh my Steve gosh. Jobs had like five, six of the exact same outfits. They wore the exact same thing, clean, different ones, but every single day. And Einstein talked about it and said, 
I'm not wasting any of my brain space on what I'm wearing in the morning. Ooh. So when I get up and I put it on, I hadn't, I didn't waste any of my thinking on something as trivial as what I would wear. Yeah. And if you think about Einstein, everybody thinks about the picture of Einstein that his hair is crazy, right? Mm. There's, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like iconic <laughs> photo where his hair is all over the map. He didn't care. <laughs> and if you look at Steve Jobs all the way through, you know, he's passed away now, but if you look at him all the way through Apple, through those things, he looks he looks like a, a dope half the time. He's wearing like regular old clothes. His hair looks crazy too. They basically said, and there's multiple ones you can look at, I, I am not wasting any of my thought patterns on stuff that does not matter, that's mm-hmm. trivial, right? It's so like against pleasing God. So what I'm saying is, is, and they weren't trying to please God, I don't think. So much stress comes from trying to people please, like even down to what you're wearing every day. But when you try to please God, you're not pleasing people. Stress seems to fall away. Yeah, that's good. Right? Because you, here, here's, a, here's a big thought that everybody should know. You cannot please everybody. Yeah. I don't care what you do. You cannot do it. And so why try? Here's a bigger thought, though. You can please God. Mm. You can. That's good. And yes. so like, you, if you go into the day going, all right, I'm not going to try to please everybody. I'm going to try to please God. At the end of the day, you can have less stress in your life because it's actually possible for you to walk through a day and please God. It's possible. Very possible. And in Jesus, you got to understand, you're already accepted. And so if it's, if it's this a submissive heart, even if you fail, even if you screw up, there's a submissive heart to you, God. I want to follow your will. Uh, you, are, you are in charge of my life, and I'm going to try to live my life that way. Even if you mess up during the day, you can please God. Mm-hmm. Faith pleases God. If you can have faith and walk in that, you can please God. And that stress just falls away like that. you know. Um, and I really do think that Jesus was very focused on pleasing the Lord, which allowed him to function um, in perfection, but also with less stress, like there's only really like a couple of places in all of the gospels where you see Jesus under human stress, human duress. Um, look at real fast before we run out of time. Look at Matthew three seventeen. thinking about this whole stressful piece. All right, it says, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Yeah, so, so God opens up the heavens at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, right? He's being baptized by John the Baptist and says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Right off the bat, you get you get Jesus knowing, I am pleasing my Father, mm-hmm. and that's all that matters. And so he's able to march through a very difficult ministry. Like, we don't think about this enough, but the amount of prophecies that Jesus' ministry um, fulfills is insane. That is insane. It's insane. And he's just marching through doing God's will, right? If he was if he was thinking to himself, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, it would be very hard to orchestrate fulfilling all those prophecies. But I think it's, I'm just pleasing my Father. I'm just pleasing my Father, right? There's not a lot of stress involved in that whole process. That's what you feel from Jesus. Yes. Um, you know, and, and here's the cool thing I want to take us back to. If God opens the heavens up and says to Jesus, this is my son who I'm well, in whom I'm well pleased, and we have received the imputed righteousness of Jesus, then he looks at us. That verse is for you too, mm-hmm. right? Then he looks at you and says, you are my son, you are my daughter, because you are in Christ, that I'm well pleased. Yeah, that's good. Every day. If you mm-hmm. are a Christ follower, every day is brand new. His mercies are new every single morning. And as you wake up, you can live in that verse as a Christ follower. I am well pleased with you. Because 
Jesus has imputed his perfect righteousness over to you. So being covered in the blood literally means, right, that that God looks at you every single moment of every single day in Jesus, and he sees Jesus. Mm, that's good. Right? Yes. In you. And so you have the mind of Christ, you have the imputed righteousness of Jesus, and you can own that verse. The heavens open up on you every single moment of your day, and the Father says that he is well pleased with you. Here, here's what I want to say as we wrap this up. Um, when you have the mindset of Christ in these first three characteristics we talked about, number five comes easier. So let me remind you the first three. Um, I know exactly who I am. I know God's purpose for my life. And I'm always aware that God's with me. That's the first three. So when you know who you are, when you know God has a purpose for your life, and you know that he is with you, then it's a whole lot easier to not worry about pleasing everybody else. Mm. Because if you know who you are, you know he's got a purpose, a plan for you. He's created you in a way. This is who I am in Jesus. This is who I am in the eyes of the Father. He has a purpose and plan for my life, and I am walking that out. And even when I'm off track, he's keeping me on track, right? That's he's good. ordering my steps. And at the same time, you know that he's with you through all of it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier not to please people. You know, yes. It's a lot easier to walk through life and, and be concerned about pleasing God. So as we wrap this up, and Matt, I'm going to make you answer it first off. All right, let's do so it. This might get dangerous. You might lose some family members right now. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Oh, well. If you lose some family members, people walk away from you, you'll be more like Jesus. Um, and everybody listen so you can answer this on your own. Whose approval are you seeking for validation? Like who in this world do you tend to seek their approval so that you are validated as a person, as a human, as a father, as a son, Right, whatever it may be, Who, who's that person that you're you constantly find yourself seeking their approval from? That takes the place if you really listen to it and pay attention. Takes the place of you seeking approval from from God. Who's that person for you, man? Put you on the, put Is you it on the more, spot. Can it be more than yeah, one? Yeah, sure. Person? Throw them out there. Let's I, throw them all on the I, bus. I think one would be my wife, without a doubt. I'm always wanting her approval. And two would be my dad. And then three, I guess it's now you. <laughs> because, you know, I need your approval. <laughs> Am I doing good? <laughs> you know, I, and I know that might be putting you on the spot, but, you know, because, one, I'm trying to mentor under you and learn yeah, yeah, under yeah. you and grow into you, and then I do want you to say, hey, man, you're, you know, I'm, I'm not firing you yet. I'm going to keep you around. You're doing good. <laughs> you're learning. So <laughs> I do I do look for, you know, you know, your approval too. So I'd say that was my top three. That's your three? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one's hard for me. Um, it, it has never really been seeking my parents. I have a really, I have really good parents, and so um, for the most part, that's never really been it. Mine has always been, uh, and it's gotten worse over the last few years. It's always been the crowd. Yeah, it's always been the church people who are not in my inner circle. But they're here. Like I call that crowd, right? Yep. So you got like, if you've ever followed the concentric circles of, um, uh, of, you know, it, it, it's people, but it's really we call it the concentric circles of church growth or what a church community looks like. You've got a core, that first little small circle that doesn't have that many people in it, and then you've got the community, right? And then you've got which is a little bit bigger circle, right? Um, and then you've got the church. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, you've got the crowd. 
And then outside of that, I don't know what the other one is, but it's basically like everybody else. And so if you think about the way that works, the core are those people that are extremely close. They are the core. So if we took the church, we'd say, here's our core leaders, basically. Yeah. And then outside of that, you would have the community, which is people that are plugged in and connected. They're in community, but they're not in the core. Outside of that, you got the church. That's the people that just show up, right? They're here, but they ain't in the community and they ain't in the core. Yeah. And then you got the people outside of that who are the crowd. They're the people who ain't really showing up, but they're paying attention, mm-hmm. right? Makes sense. They're listening and they're paying attention. And outside of that, you got all the other people in the world, basically. Mine has always been that crowd. Um, it's those people who on the outside see you, know you, watching you, and I care what they think, um, and I really want their approval. Like That's where I'd put um, other pastors right, in that who are paying attention People in the community, like um, not the church community, but in the local community, um, I really care what they think, and I want I want them to validate. Like I want them to think that I'm good, yeah, and that I'm smart. Yeah, that makes you sense. You know what I mean? It and does. That, and, and that I'm whatever it may be. Those are the people for me. Yeah. Um. So you guys think about that question: whose approval are you seeking for validation? Because that's got to be laid at the feet of Jesus. That's got to be repented for. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um. Because it's okay with you guarding and paying attention to how you appear to people or your reputation so that it reflects properly on God. Yeah, that's true. But the minute it is you seeking approval or validation, you being validated as a person, you being validated as smart or got it together or whatever, then we've messed up. Mm -hmm. It's like there's nothing wrong with you seeking approval from me so that you know I'm doing a good job, this is what this means. But the minute it goes to, well, if he doesn't say that or he doesn't feel that, then I'm no longer a good person or pastor yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Now we've entered into problems, yeah. right? Or if you care more about and you're seeking that validation and that approval more than you're seeking God's approval every day, we have a big problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that could be parents. That could be anybody. But yeah. you guys be thinking about that. But um, I think that this one is one that is very freeing in Jesus if we walk, right? Yeah. Walk through it because there is a lot of stress that falls off when we start worrying about pleasing God. So as we wrap up, let me just say it one more time so everybody gets it. You cannot please everyone. So why are you trying? Mm-hmm. You can please God. So why aren't you trying? Yeah, right? that's true. Like you Very can true. please him. The Bible's pretty specific. You can please him. Jesus is pretty specific. You can please him. But you ain't please everybody else. So we spend way too much time trying to please everybody else and not enough time trying to please God. One of them is actually possible. Mm -hmm. The other one's impossible. Think about that. We spend all this time and energy trying to do something that's impossible. Yep. But there's one that's actually possible to do. That's where we should put our attention and effort. Very true. Anyway, thanks thanks for throwing everybody yes. on the bus, including yep. me, Matt. Yeah, man. Hey, well, <laughs> you set a high bar, and I'm just trying to I'm just trying to join in on the party. I mean, look, if I'm going to do anything, if I'm going to do anything, we're going to be honest and raw about it. And yep. Throw it out there, right? Yeah, might so, as well. Might as well. What's it going to hurt? So, yep. anyway, thank you guys for listening today. This was episode 114 um, of You Can Think Like Jesus Thinks, and um, make sure you share it or like it or comment on it or whatever it is you got to do. Um, and we'll see you back next episode. All right, you guys have a good one. See you, man. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.